Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. He grew up playing for the Barry Elites and Aurora Storm. He was a member of Team Ontario on the indoor side before joining us on the beach, where he's already represented Canada at U19 World Championships. He's a member of our Summer Next Gen program, and he's competed at post-secondary for McMaster, Georgian, and will be joining the Guelph Griffins this uh, fall. Please welcome to the show, Cam Chadwick. Cam, thanks for doing this, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Super excited. So, Cam, I imagine some of our listeners are perking up. They know who you are, and they probably recognize your dad as a pretty good volleyball coach. So, I got to know, were you always a volleyball guy, or what other sports were you playing growing up? Well, growing up, I played a bunch of different sports. I never really stuck with one. I went through soccer, uh, played a little bit of basketball, um, uh, and then I swam competitively for a couple of years. And then... When in like 13 U, I decided to try a volleyball and that just kind of stuck with me. Sweet. So if you had to think about it, what stood out in your mind? Because obviously being a very competitive swimmer, like that's that's a very individual-based sport. And then you're joining a team-based sport like uh, indoor volleyball. And 13 U, sometimes volleyball can be really fun, but sometimes it can be really bad depending how good the people are around you. So what kind of clicked? Was it like you, you enjoyed hitting or you just enjoyed a team sport? Like what kind of made you stick with volleyball? Well, I mean, to be honest, like in terms of why I stopped swimming, it just financially it was super expensive. So I kind of, I kind of got forced out of that. But like on the other hand, I I started playing volleyball and I absolutely fell in love with it. Like I had my dad as my coach for the first two years, which uh, not gonna lie, was a rough start because uh, <laughs> I was at the age where like I always thought I knew better. And, he always there. He like he did know better, but I thought I knew better, so I'd always disagree with him and argue with him at practice. But uh, other than that, like yeah, it was a good time, and like I don't know, I just found that I excelled at it, and I liked winning, so stuck with that for a couple of years. Nice. And recently, obviously, the Barry Leeds have produced players like yourself and Logan House. But if you trace it back far enough, like I think Julie Gordon, Pedlo, Cam Whelan, like there's been a bunch of good volleyball players come from that Barry Elites area. So what can you say that that club is doing really well that's producing players? The club does a really good job at like reaching out to the community and finding those uh, like few athletes that have the skill but don't like wouldn't even consider volleyball. Like I'd say, yeah, that in terms of like how it's run, they they do a pretty good job at like being a part of the community and supporting the community. Like even though I left Barry Elites uh, after sixteen years, like they still. Anytime I do something good, or even when I went to Worlds, like they posted on the Bay Elites volleyball page, like ex elites uh, at Worlds in Thailand, or like, and reach out to me every now and then. I'll just ask how I'm doing. So it's uh, that was pretty nice. And I'd say that's probably something they do the best. Yeah, it's not uncommon at the older age groups in Ontario to kind of shift clubs, whether like a lot of people drop out of our sport around 16U or people really want like a competitive experience. So what went into your decision to go to Storm? Because obviously your dad is involved with the Barry Elites Club. Like, was that a tough conversation with him when you said you wanted to move to a different club? No, I, I actually think they were kind of ready for it. They were expecting it. Um, I wanted to change clubs personally a year earlier than I actually did. But my parents said, stick it out for one more year to see how you like it. Um, and so I did that. And I, I think, I think I had a deal with my parents. It was like, we didn't finish in premier at provincials. Then like I could go wherever I wanted basically. Um, and so like that ended up happening, which isn't great praying on your downfall, but, um, yeah, it's also too bad too. Cause the 16 year where I wanted to transfer over was the year that they won nationals. 
So help me out with the the timeline just for myself and the listeners. Like, uh, who would be in your age group? Like, who would you have played club with uh, in Barry or Aurora, or who would have been some of your uh, Team Ontario teammates? Um, I played with so I played with Isaac Haslinga um, on the national on the U twenty three team. I think right now, uh, Jacob Walker was on my team. Just got the rookie of the year in the East for Ryerson. The other guys like Liam MacArthur, um, Derek Chang, Davis Young. I'm just trying to think of other people. Yeah, those are probably like Cole Duncanson plays on the national team now too. Um, so yeah, those are all the guys that I played with. And I also played a year up. So I played for, uh, I played like that was Eric Six, uh, uh, Jackson Young, uh, that age group. Nice. So playing with such competitive and talented athletes, did you know pretty early on that you wanted to play volleyball at the post-secondary level? Uh, yeah, for sure. Basically, uh, probably around 16 years was when I kind of found that out. When, when, I want, when, I, when I started taking volleyball more seriously, it's probably when I realized, like, hey, I want to do this in the university and maybe even pass that. Um, so, yeah, for my 16, 17, and 18 year, that was kind of like the goal in mind. When, uh, when I was training. Now, where does uh, Team Ontario fit into this? Because the program's changed over the years. So with you being a Timo uh, black athlete and a Timo elite athlete, did that just kind of feed into your passion to play volleyball further on and see how far you could go? Because obviously those are, are pretty top tier programs. Like, did that really convince you that you could play at the next level? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, 16 you, I actually got cut from Team Ontario. That was the... Uh, I think that was the Canada Games team. And that's kind of where like my desire and drive came from was getting caught that year actually fueled everything. And I, I literally told my parents as soon as I came out of the trial, I'm like, I don't think I made it, but even though I didn't make it, I'm still going to do my best and like try it. Like I'm going to make it next year for sure. And like, yeah, having, being exposed to that level of uh, professionalism at like a young age, definitely, um, fueled that desire and then so your, your first official stop is with mcmaster and i mean you're you're alongside some other top tier athletes like i think a lot of our listeners would recognize uh graton was in that uh recruiting class i think robbie who was just the study there like obviously a, a pretty good group that coach preston got so what was the big appeal for you to go to mcmaster was it just the volleyball reputation and what coach preston could do as far as like being a top tier coach in new sports uh, yeah, yeah, that was definitely a big part of it for sure. They have an unreal coaching lineup between yeah Dave Preston and Ian Evitt. That's those are some really high quality coaches that I I would have loved to pick their or I did love to pick their brain. Um, and also just like the level of comp, the level of players there, they are so deep. Um, and I'm definitely the kind of person that just like fuels off other people. And if I I try to surround myself by like people that are just going to make me better, so I thought that was probably the uh, best spot for me. So well, obviously you make the tough decision where I think a lot of people would have stuck it out to just stay at Mac. But my understanding is you just weren't in the program of study for your area. So what made you kind of choose that you wanted to go to Georgian and kind of just reset and get some credits in something that was maybe going to be your field or more your passion? Like, well, was that a really tough decision to leave something that was definitely going to help your volleyball? But at the end of the day, it wasn't going to help you get the the degree that you really wanted. Yeah, uh, for sure. It was it took a long time for me to realize that um, Mac wasn't, I wasn't suited for Mac. 
and nothing against the program or nothing against uh, like the school, great school, but um, like I just it, it wasn't the fit for me. And uh, Georgian was kind of an easy choice because I can live at home. I still get to play volleyball. Um, tuition is affordable. Like I would basically come out um, even at doing a year of Georgian. So it was kind of just uh, a way for me to like keep my touches up, um, kind of relax, reset, and figure to figure out what I'm going to do, and then uh, and then go from there. Now. Garrett May, the the other host that I, I work sharp cuts with, like obviously we both coach the OCAA. We love the OCAA, but uh, we have taken a few shots at it too over the years. So I am curious, you go from being very competitive in club, you go to one of the best youth sports schools for volleyball in McMaster, and then you go to the OCAA and you go to the OCAA East. So was there any letdown in your mind or when you arrived there, there was a bunch of uh, passionate, talented guys at Georgian and you felt like you, you fit in right away. Like I, I'm curious going from all the, the levels that you played was there any letdown playing in the OCAA? I'm not gonna lie, there was a little bit. It was it was just weird the uh, just like the desire from players. You had there was a lot of guys that were super driven and would like do everything that you do in university. You'd go, you'd work out often, you'd go to every practice, you'd give it your all in every practice. Um, but then well, I wasn't used to it. There were some players that just kind of showed up and went through the motions didn't do any of the lifts or did very few of the lifts um, just kind of like felt like they didn't put in the time and it, it, it made the team suffer a little bit, which was a little frustrating for sure. And there's also, I tell everyone this, it, I had to kind of unlearn how to like, how, how fast the game went because in university, the game so fast sets are so in tempo um, and everything's about the speed. And then, I got to college and it felt a lot slower. So I had to relearn or unlearn how to speed up my approach. And I had to slow it down and really be patient and uh, do it that way. So that was definitely a learning curve. Um, but yeah, I just say like a little bit of the, the desire and the drive at the college level. Some guys are just going through the motion, you know? <laughs> For sure. For sure. I definitely relate to that where don't get me wrong. I think the, the top tier athletes in the OCAA, they're, they're really good and they're really focused, but yeah, there are a few lifestyle players or maybe lack of a better term, but uh, still definitely a good league, but yeah, it just varies a little bit more than I, I think university does, but uh, at least at the top end of university, I shouldn't misspeak, but uh, I am curious, what were kind of the expectations of the team? Like, did you feel like you could fit in with some of the vets and the other guys? Because Georgian's been competitive for a really long time. Like, did you kind of come in thinking, oh, I'm a team old guy or I was recruited to Mac. Like, I'm going to come in and run the show. Or did you feel like you kind of had to pay your dues and really earn the playing time you got? Oh, um, I def- yeah, I didn't. I definitely didn't go in thinking I was going to be the top dog or anything like that. We, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. We had... Uh, an unreal team like you were going to have Dylan Devasheri at the start of the season we did um, Austin um, was supposed to come we had a couple of players that were like they would have started and they would have helped our team so much but because of COVID they, they like couldn't get in because of um, like rules or they or they or they wouldn't um, so we we lost some players that way but um, I don't think I ever thought that I would be like the guy to go to. I kind of was always wanted to be like the support guy. Like I was going to be the guy, I'm not the guy to go up and put up 20 kills in a game, but I'm definitely the guy to try to pass every ball as a three or a four. Um, and just like help my team out that way and get the most ticks. Um, so I think that was probably my goal going in. Now, I, I know he wasn't the head coach, but obviously your dad does support the team. Like, was there any uh, difficulty or challenge there being around? Because I, I think it, 
volleyball is awesome. And I think a lot of people do coach their kids and they do it well, but it does add that extra layer of it. Right. So with you being a little bit older and a little bit more mature, were you willing to listen a little bit or was, was Reed kind of the one running the show? And obviously your dad's in a support uh, position as an assistant coach with the club. Oh, having my, having my dad as, uh, as the assistant coach was, was an amazing time. Uh, now that I, like you said, now that I'm older and uh, have a little bit more newfound respect, um, I, I would like, he wouldn't even coach me. I just ask him a bunch of questions. Anytime I felt like I was doing something wrong and don't get me wrong, like we did the same, but my dad was more of the technical guy, the technical coach on the team. So anytime I felt like I was doing something wrong or I could do something better, I'd look at him and he'd give me the like pieces of information that would just make my game so much better. And even off the court too, like we'd finish practice and be in the car ride home and we'd just have a, a nice debrief um, about like, how I thought practice went, how he thought practice went, what he thinks I need to work on, and uh, just like those conversations. So it's definitely, it was very nice. I loved it. Awesome. Awesome. And I know it's revisionist history at this point, but you work your way into U19 Worlds. And what I mean by you work your way in is uh, the Boneheads, myself included, we nominated a different pair, Martin and a, and a different partner. But uh, due to the tournament being pushed back, Martin needed to find a new partner and obviously gives you the call. So we're all excited that you get to go there. So uh, just tell me what it was like getting the news that you were going to go to World Championships, even though it was a little bit later and not with the partner you wanted to sign up for. But uh, when we finally did get it right and nominate you to represent Canada, what were you thinking at that time? I was, I was thrilled. Definitely thrilled and super excited, but uh, a little overwhelmed. I'm not gonna lie. We had uh, we had two weeks to get like all the paperwork and flights and like we had two weeks to get everything. So for the first like hour after you gave me the call, I was super excited. Then he started texting me saying like, "You got to do this and do this and do this." And I was like, "Holy crap! Okay, like I'll I'll do this now and then do this in an hour and this later." And then uh, but once all that stuff got sorted out, I was. I was stoked. So just for our listeners for proper reference, so they remember, because sometimes the years just wash together. So this was a U19 event. We couldn't host a trials because of COVID. And then the event keeps getting pushed back. So you kind of get the call late. So I am curious as a high performance athlete, like I, I think you're in full on indoor mode when you get the call, right? So just explain to me and the listeners, the sacrifices you made to come to Downsview, to work with uh, coach Andy Cost, to kind of work with Martin when you can, like you're both balancing your post-secondary commitments with your indoor club while trying to get ready for beach. So just kind of explain how you were able to fit in all the hours and feel like you were ready for that competition. Yeah. Well, me and Martin, like you said, we're pretty dedicated to indoor. Um, there wasn't like, Reed, um, super understandable about the whole situation. So he was kind of supportive in whatever way we could. Um, and Martin and I knew like we had to get back on the sand and get our beach legs. So anytime we could both manage it, we, we scheduled training. So whether that was training two hours in the morning and then, um, going straight from beach training, driving all the way up to Georgia and then having another two hour practice right after, um, I did that pretty consistently. Um, and then they understood, so they didn't push me too hard at practice or at, at uh, indoor practice. Beach was just kind of get as many reps as you can and find, find the groove again. Nice. So you're, you're preparing for the event and then how did it feel emotionally? Like, obviously you're going to represent Canada and it's going to be special, but like even the logistics to get there, like, were you nervous about just trying to get there during COVID? Like, was there anything special? Like, obviously the heat was going to be a concern in Thailand. Like before we even talk about what was happening on the court, like, how did you feel just like the mission of a trip to get there? 
Uh, the trip, yeah, the trip was, uh, it was a little nerve wracking because it was also the first time I've done a long trip like that without my parents. So this time it was just me and Martin. I was, I was excited about it because it's a big learning opportunity for me, but, uh, with all the layover, like I thought some, I'm happily nothing went wrong, but I for sure was expecting something to go wrong and having to figure stuff out on the fly. But, uh. Yeah, no, it, it was it was really good, but super long. We had three different layovers, a 16-hour flight, a 12-hour flight, uh, and like a two-hour flight. I think it was to Montreal. So a lot of layovers, a lot of room for error. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And then the added distraction that comes with uh, being nominated for U19 is you guys were nominated as Canada too. So, you know, you're in a qualifier. Like, was there any convincing either to yourself or, or to your parents to say, yeah, I want to go to this event. Like I'm going to have to self fund and pay for my flight. And yeah, I know the reality that I could play one match and that could be my whole competition. Um, uh, yeah, honestly, for me, the, the thought of losing a qualifier never really crossed my mind. Like I didn't even want to have that image in my brain of, Oh, there's this possibility. So I kind of when it when it came time to start game planning and start thinking about it, I was just like all gung ho and um, like what can we do to win? Like I just the full game plan mode and wasn't even worried about losing. Don't get me wrong, like they were a great team. We trained with them before, um, like we trained with them before the qualifier, and we got to see them a little bit. Um, but I don't think I was ever really like stressing about uh, losing that qualifier, other than the other than the set where we went uh 34 36 or i think it was 32 34 in the first set against the team oh i didn't realize that so when you guys arrived early for the event and you're training before the schedule came out like you guys trained with the checks and then you see the draw come out and you realize you're going to play them like did, did that give you any confidence or was that just kind of like a, a happy accident well when we saw it it was it was funny because there was one of the check teams or i think one of the check players is playing on the pro tour and played in the elite 16 um, so when we trained with them, we trained with all four of them and there was all four, like can one and us. So we didn't, when we found out we had the checks, we didn't really know which ones it were, it was. Um, so we were, we were a little nervous. And then when we found out it was the team that we actually wanted, we were, we were excited because they're super nice guys and like, it was great to train with them and just a great environment. So, um, it was nice to have like a friendly hearted match as a qualifier instead of a oh, we don't know you and like, we just want to finish this and get on with it. <laughs> Definitely. I, I'm just laughing because yeah, it, it is funny to look back and say like, well, the one guy played in Ostrava at the, at the elite 16 there. And when you say friendly hearted match, like the scores are anything but friendly, especially in that Thailand heat. So take me and the listeners through the, the match here as you beat them 34, 32 and 21, 19 to qualify for the main draw. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. The first set was um, intense for sure. We, I, I don't think either of us were really ready for the heat because it was in the middle of the day, and just heat and humidity was so exhausting. I've I've never felt anything like it before. And the fact the set went down long, like we had both used our timeouts early in the set. Um, so later on in the set, we didn't have it. Luckily, they allowed. Uh, like coaches to bring us water and drink side changes and just like help us that way. Um, that was pretty big. Andrew Foss helped us there at big time. Um, and the, uh, the other team actually took the, 
after a long rally, we um, we won the rally and the other team instantly took a medical timeout, not just because they were exhausted. They didn't have any timeouts left. So, and the guy was just lying on the ground and took a medical timeout, just laid there for five minutes and then got up. Oh, um, but that that set that's uh specifically the 3234 set i i will never forget that that was probably the defining moment of worlds for me like where where does your mind go in that situation so you're trying to survive you know the other team's trying to survive like it's a 58 minute just barn burner like for a, a, a two set match to go 58 minutes like that's usually the length of a three setter and, and you end up going to like the the cap and winning by two each time like do you just remember like survival rate? Were you and Martin communicating? Were, were you the one being targeted? Like what goes into those moments when it gets really tough? Like 3432 is a long set on the beach. Honestly, we, I'm not, it's a little blurry, but um, I, I just remember when, as soon as they took that medical timeout, it, it, it gave us a lot of confidence before that, when we were just going point for point, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was very nervous. I, I was like, I don't want this to be my last game, my last and first game here. Um, but then we pushed through and just gave it everything. And then they took the medical timeout and we went to the sideline and had so much confidence after that. Um, just because we knew, like, we were gassed, we were exhausted and dripping sweat. But we knew in our hearts that they were more exhausted, they were more sweaty. <laughs> um, so we knew that like that was our game at that point, and then we just kept pushing until until we won. Now, obviously, with Youth World, it's hard to get a sense of who's going to be strong because there there could be teams who have already played on tour, and there could be teams who are brand new. And, and really, the rankings are anyone's guess. So you guys get through, and you're going to be in the host country. Like you get Thailand and pool. Like, what were your thoughts going in when you looked at your pool and just kind of preparing for the next day? Like you basically survive the qualifier, and then you get your your draw announced. Uh, basically the next day and you're going to play three days in a row in the main draw, right? So what were you and Martin thinking and feeling as you qualified for the main draw? Just excitement, honestly. We, we, we got super excited about our pool. We, uh, we thought it was going to be an easy pool, to be honest, but uh, ended up, Thailand ended up coming, I think, third at the, at the whole tournament, um, which is funny because we thought it was going to be an easier game. Um, so we thought we had a good chance of winning our pool. Um, and we we beat the two we beat two teams I think I think um, no we lost there was one team that we should have beat um, that we didn't but um, yeah I have it in front of me sorry to cut you off I have it in front of me Thailand actually finished second and the team they lost to was Rotar Kanet who some of our listeners who are keeners would definitely recognize from like they've, they've taken some top five at one stars and futures uh, then it looks like he lost a, a really tough one in three to Paraguay and then kind of leads me to my next question what's the feeling like waking up on, on day three of the main draw knowing that you have to win to get out of pool so that, that was stressful that was very stressful um but luckily we had, um, I don't remember what team it was, um, but we knew we had a good chance of beating them as long as we played our game and didn't get in uh, like a mental lull. Sometimes you go in that, and that's probably honestly something I'm pretty guilty of is uh, going in and uh, assuming that you should beat a team and then playing down and maybe losing that game. Um, luckily that didn't happen to us and we still pulled it out. Um, but that was, that was probably the thing that was going through my head. It was don't, don't underestimate them. You still have to play good volleyball and play your game. Now, 
uh, again, because I have it in front of me, it's just super interesting how the tournament developed. So what was it like playing a double day? And I, and I want to stress this to the listeners is like, if you play on your provincial tour, or if you've played nationals, it's not unusual to play multiple matches in a day, but for you guys to come through the qualifier and then play a game a day in the main draw and then have your playoff match announced the afternoon of your third or excuse me, of your fourth match. Like at, at some point, does the heat get to you? Do you just feel exhausted? Like, were you still, obviously it's a playoff match so you can reload and get excited, but what was the body feeling as you go into your uh, one to do, I think it was your fifth match of the tournament. Body was definitely feeling it. We, uh, if I honestly think if we had more time to prepare, we, we would have, we could have done a lot better. Um, just because we had, just because of how things worked, we only had the two weeks to get in and uh, like get in back into shape. But definitely going into that, uh, that playoff match was, was a tough one. And mentally too. You work so hard. We worked through the qualifier, worked through pool play, um, and then we got we got Germany in the playoffs, who were, were very strong. Um, don't get me wrong; I love going in as an underdog, but it's it was definitely hard to uh, to get through that and try to push and to be successful. Um, and on top of that, it was very windy and very hot that day. Uh, and as we <laughs> We kind of made a joke about it where anytime something was not great for us, we'd say we thrive in it. So the first couple of days, there was the heat and we were just dripping sweat and exhausted the whole time. And we just kind of looked at each other and we were like, okay, like, you know what, whatever. We thrive in the heat. And then when the wind came, we, we started making a bunch more errors and didn't, wasn't, weren't playing as well. Um, and then we, again, we kind of went over to the sideline and just kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay, you know what? We thrive in the wind. We are going to do so good. Um, so just having those like laughter moments uh, helped out immensely. So your, your first international experience, like a lot of learning, a lot going on. You guys come through the qualifier and you take a 17th. Like, did that give you some confirmation that you're like, yes, I can do this? Like, is that kind of what lets you come into uh, a next-gen tryout? And I mean, there, there was 39 dudes there. It was super intense. But I, I kind of sensed that uh, when I watched you on court, you were, you were confident. You felt like you belonged. Like, what was it like trying out for the national team after using like this, this youth world's experience to kind of set the stage that you could play on the world tour? for Canada? Yeah, well, it was a huge confidence boost, um, especially the tryout, because I knew there weren't, obviously there were a lot of people that have represented Canada in the past and other world trials, but I also knew that there was a good chunk of guys there that have, didn't get that opportunity. And uh, not necessarily that they weren't skilled enough to do it or anything like that, but they, the experience of going to the world and understanding that how professional it is and how professional you need to be to to do that, I definitely think I had the I had an advantage with that. Um, and yeah, going to Worlds definitely put me on the path where I was today. I never even considered trying out for the next gen team uh, for beach volleyball if it wasn't for that. Um, that was so yeah, going into the prior, having just having that experience of traveling and meeting other countries and playing against people that you don't often see, um, it definitely drove me to where I am. Yeah, that, that's great to hear. I was going to ask if all this beach experience, like, has it given you confidence to put the shoes back on and go play for Guelph this year? Or is it so different playing at a high level that beach and indoor don't overlap? Like, I'm curious what it's going to be like when you're back in Guelph's gym this fall leading into another youth sports season. Like, what's going to help you or what's just so different? I definitely think the whole, this whole experience is going to help me for sure. I've just 
like I said, it's so professionally done and um, everything is in like, everything is, has a purpose and is in order. And I think um, getting used to that, especially this summer, um, is going to help me be successful on the, on the team at 12. No, I think like my, it'll, it, like it's taught me a good work ethic, um, time management for sure. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah, being professional. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because I'm still trying to crack the code. And here I am as, as one of the coaches with the program, but beach is just one of those funny sports where experience matters. Like I, I think there's a lot of old people that aren't as physical as the young people, but man, they, they know how to win. They know how to score points. So as you're kind of going through that this summer, because uh, man, you and Martin had a tough battle at Canada games qualifier and you just miss out to Johnny and Steven, you give Jake and Russ everything they can handle in an OVA tournament. And we're, we're not even halfway through the season. Like you guys play Norseka trials, but now you're going to van open. Obviously you're going to play nationals. Like what are some lessons you're learning to help you compete at the highest level? Because like I said, on the beach, you can be as physical as, as some of the other guys, but just that added experience or just knowing what to do in those tough moments seems to add up in a hurry. So what, what's some things that you've kind of learned on the fly this summer? For me, honestly, I think it's been the preparation for matches and, and practices. Because before I'd show up and I wouldn't necessarily have be in the right mindset for practice, but and then that would lead to me just going through the motions. But having learned this summer from all like the mentors that I've had and coaches, um, it's kind of like extended my warm up so that I'm fully warm by the time I like practice starts. By the time the game starts having a proper game plan against the team before before the match starts, uh, if you can. Um, and having, honestly, it's been a big mental um, mental learning for me. My mental game was not super strong beforehand, and I think that's something that I've tried to work on a lot this summer. Um, and it's helped me immensely, just being mentally prepared for the workload and mentally prepared for your opponents. and. Also, just knowing what's what you're good at and having confidence in that. Um, so yeah, that's having confidence is probably the biggest thing for me. Awesome, yeah, that's great to hear. So switching gears a little bit to the upcoming indoor season with Guelph, I, I am curious. Like we we've razzed you a little bit of practice that I think you just really like rookie parties, and that's why you're on your third school. But uh, I, I think the reality of the situation is you're you're pretty driven and you know what you want. So. How important for you was it just to kind of wait for the right opportunity, like volleyball aside, to get the program you wanted to kind of be at the school you wanted? Like you're on your third school, but technically, like to me, that's not a flaw. I, I don't think. Like I think it's it shows that you know what you want. So for our listeners, just kind of give us your own experience of how you're valuing like what your time is worth and just making sure you're in the right situation and what made you kind of choose Guelph. Cause we, we were making jokes this summer that you were one of the hottest free agents, right? So what made you kind of click on Guelph and your area of study? Yeah. So when I, when I was doing, when I was doing all my university applications, I didn't want to, I, this time around, I didn't want to make any decisions beforehand. I didn't want to make a list of my top choices and rank them, anything like that. I kind of just sent out applications to, wherever I wanted, uh, and then waited, waited to hear back from them. Um, and then obviously I sent out an application to Guelph and, uh, talked to Cal there and he was super helpful with getting my application in and, and pushing it through. Um, and he, we, we just had a bunch of conversations about, um, like what my goals are, where, where I stand, where he thinks I could be at. 
uh, and be super supportive that way. And uh, I've had to, I've heard nothing but good things from Guelph. I have a lot of friends that go there that it's, uh, they love it and wouldn't change anything for it. Um, I toured it in my first year and I, I liked it a lot. Um, I think I think the only thing that I wasn't too uh, thrilled about was that I think you have to do men you have to do like an hour in the library mandatory a week or something like that. Um, but having gone through university now, like I I lived in the library. That was where that was where I did all my studying and had all my free time. So uh, that definitely won't be an issue anymore. And Guelph is a great team and. I hope they're up, they're on the up and coming, and we can do really well this year and in the coming years. Um, so yeah, that kind of all was why I chose well. Part of me was really hoping you were going to say you thrive in the library, but your answer was just as good. <laughs> no, I, I am curious. Obviously, they are on the rise, and I think they have a beautiful newer facility, like with their gym, and obviously. They have guys like Pickett already on the team. So what are you kind of looking forward to? Because uh, on paper, you're going to be a first year and you got to earn everything you're going to get from that team. But also you're you're a little bit older than some of the other first years coming in, right? And you have international experience on the beach. Like what are you hoping to bring that ex- to that experience? And then are, are you also looking forward to just kind of a fresh start as well? Definitely looking forward to the fresh start and uh, just hanging out with the guys on the team. Um, And a couple of them, I played Timo with uh, Braden Sears, who's on that team, and we got along so well. Um, So, and and I think having met a bunch of the Guelph guys, it's a really great environment, super, uh, super welcoming. Um, And I think I can bring a lot to to the dynamic on the team, and just like I, I think my main goal is to bring like the professionalism, and just kind of like follow what they're doing and kind of fit in but also make sure that i'm keeping everything that i learned this summer mentally and physically and i'm also just super excited to play with the guys and having become good friends with johnny this summer has definitely definitely helped out for sure he's i think he's a pretty good representation of what uh is included at guelph nice nice and i do want to circle back because some of your comments have got just my wheel spinning i'm kind of fired up now so with you kind of mentioning that the the mental game is something you need to work on i'm curious uh we bring in guys like pedlo or heather bansley's on the coaching stuff like people who've definitely been between the lines and been in some tough moments so has there been anything that they've kind of uh spoke to you about that's given you something to work on or is there anything that you're treating almost like a skill just like hand setting that you can actually like practice and bring attention to like uh, i'm curious how you identify this and then how you're approaching it to make it uh, a strength of yours yeah so i think a big part of my where this came from was I'm I'm a very hot and cold player, um, and I've been trying to limit my coldness lately. And I kind of figured out that it was every time I get cold, it's a lack of energy and a lack of confidence. And so, yeah, talking with like coaches um, and mentors like that, uh, they kind of just told me and helped me realize like what I need to focus on in those situations and and strategies on how to like bring energy because with with Martin, Martin has a partner. He's a great partner, super supportive, um, but a real quiet guy. He, uh, uh, sometimes he doesn't bring a lot of energy. So I kind of have to find ways to force energy between the two of us. So I think that's been a pretty big part of it. And definitely the confidence side of it too. Having come into this group and training with them, uh, it's been great, but 
going to Worlds and then coming back and even just the stigma of playing with these guys, like these guys, there's, these, there's guys that have played on the national team for a couple of years now and they've had that professional training and uh, I kind of felt like I didn't really know what I was doing and that's why I was just kind of trying to soak in as much as I could. And that kind of, I was a little self-conscious at the start, but I think now after having trained with them and seeing how, how or seeing our potential, I think it's definitely uh, boosted my confidence a little bit. And that just, it's a, it's a domino effect. Your confidence gets boosted, you play better, which boosts your confidence even more, which makes you can play better. So I think that's probably what happened. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so great to hear. Now, I am curious for any coach listeners or for any younger listeners, what advice would you give? Because uh, I, I kind of gave the example of practice the other day that like Brandy and Heather had some great results and Heather is very determined and not that outgoing, I would say, where Brandy's always got a smile on her face and is having the best day ever. So with you and Martin kind of being similar where you're like an energy guy and you're a little bit outgoing, but Martin's going to be stone faced, but you're both super competitive. And like even Ben Saxon comes to mind where he's not going to get that fired up, but man, he's one of the most competitive guys I've ever met. So uh, how would you kind of encourage a young listener just to kind of be genuine to who they are and that it's okay that you don't have to be a rah-rah guy or it is okay to be a rah-rah guy if that's kind of who you are? Yeah, you just have to find whatever works best for you and you have to own it and you can't have any uh, have any doubts about it. So if you think, if, you, if, you're, if you're a quiet guy like, like Martin, but you're cool, calm and collected and focused and you're, you try to be steady, then, then run with that. And you're the steady guy. Um, and you, you can be very successful that way. Or if you're like me and you're the hot and cold kind of guy and you need energy to be hot and you need, you need a, a good circumstance in order to do well, then I think you have to find people and mentors and coaches that, that understand that and that will help you get through that when it's not there. So they'll, they'll recognize that, oh, he doesn't have a lot of energy right now. And they'll, they'll do whatever it takes to give you energy. Or, um, or, or yeah, if, if, if you're hot, then like, they want to keep you hot. So they'll keep giving you energy or and just things like that. So that's probably what I would uh, say. Man, this is this is awesome. We should have got you on the show a long time ago, but uh, there's still lots to cover. There's lots to accomplish this summer. Uh, I feel like I've taken a lot of your time, but one tradition we built in the show is just to tell a, a funny or unique story. So we, we've heard that you've played really good club. You were a Team Ontario guy. Now you're a Volleyball Canada guy, and you're going to Guelph and hopefully going to tear it up there in new sports. But man, something odd or funny must have happened along the way. So I was hoping you could share a funny story with us before we let you go. Yeah, for sure. Um <laughs> At Worlds, we uh, after we uh, we were pretty bummed after we lost the, the the playoff match against Germany, but afterwards we kind of realized, hey, now we have three days to spend at it was basically at a resort filled with a bunch of other athletes that are also done competing. Why don't we go enjoy our time and, and meet new people? So there was uh, there was a night where we went out. Um, and we kind of made it a tradition that uh, we just go out and invite as many people as we could and try to meet different countries each night. So we, we'd always go to this, this restaurant out on the beach. So anytime, any people we'd walk by, we'd invite them out, we invited everyone out. And then we saw on our way to the, uh, the restaurant, there was the, I don't know if it was a company party or if it was like a Jewish birthday party or something. Um, but there was a big party with an open bar and uh, a full-on DJ. 
So we kind of just wandered in and, uh, and we were towering over everyone. So, and <laughs> a couple guys came up to us and started chatting with us and we're super energetic and super, um, like welcoming. They're like, Oh, do you play basketball or volleyball? And like, yeah, we play volleyball. Um, and then he, yeah, he offered us some, some food and drinks. Um, and, and then, uh, and the bouncers came over and they kind of looked at us and said, Hey, you're a little tall to be here. Uh, are you, are you in this party? And we're like, yeah. And then one guy in the back was like, no. And we all looked at him and kind of gave him like a look, like stupid. Um, and then the doctor's like, okay, like you guys got to get out of here. So half of us left and the other half kind of like crouched down a little bit and stayed un- in the crowd. Um, and then we were just kind of like trying to find ways to sneak back in and just have a good time with the lads. <laughs> I, I love how this party is, is simply just playing like you're too tall to be here. Like you don't belong because yeah. you're just too tall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. See, that's something you wouldn't have experienced if you weren't a high level volleyball player. <laughs> yeah. Or tall. Exactly, man. Well, this has been awesome. Obviously I, I'm a big fan of yours and I, and I love that I get a chance to work with you every week and every day, but uh, it was kind of cool to hear the behind the scenes and everything you've been up to. So Thanks for coming on. And like I said, we'll have to get you back on when you win Van Open or win Nationals or anything else that you're up to. Oh, man, I hope so. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. It was, uh, it's been a good time. <laughs>